This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I am Rich Levine. Guys, the bad news, we are short Michael Pina. The good news, the Celtics are up 2-0 in their first round series against the Sixers. We're going to get to all that in a moment. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at Winning Plays Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to Bet Online uh, and B Rob. I have a, I have a little trivia. It's been a while since we started the show. Trivia. Ooh, let's go! Yeah, uh, to celebrate to celebrate uh, Wednesday night's win. Okay, so Jason Tatum through two games now has ten made three pointers in this series. Okay, eight in game two, two in game one. Uh, this is also his sixth career playoff series. Yes. Can you tell me what is his career high for uh, three pointers made in a playoff series? This being the sixth of his of his young career. Oh man, um, like the the number, yeah, the number, Jade. He's got uh, ten. He's got ten already in this series. He's got ten already in the series. Okay, let's um, let's say it's eleven. Jason Tatum has already set a career high. Mm, I should have walked into that one for three pointers <laughs> made. He had uh, the closest. He he hit nine in that seven game series against the Cavs in the wow. Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's that, that that's a bit of a game changer on top of everything else. When Jason Tatum is hitting more three pointers than the entire Sixers team, as he did in Game Two, I think that's pretty good. Pretty pretty good sign for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, the I rewatched some of this game today. We're recording this on Thursday uh, evening, Rich. And um, to be honest, like for as good as the Celtics were in this game, for in, in the final three quarters, I should say, definitely not in the first quarter. Uh, what stood out to me the most was just like how bad the Sixers looked beyond like Embiid. <laughs> like that's Tobias, not, that's not surprising, right? It's not. I mean, it is though. Like Tobias Harris is how the hell is he making max money? <laughs> well, we see how the hierarchy works. Like Tobias Harris, when he's your third best player, is pretty is 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 that that's a challenge. But when Tobias Harris is your second best player, I mean, we can argue that. I mean, Richardson's probably been better than him in this series. But Easily. when you're counting on him to be your second best player, like that is trouble. Um, I think yeah. Alec Burks has been their second best player in this series to be like, <laughs> well, that's, big, that's bigger <laughs> trouble. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't. And listen, we, before, before this started, even a, a, a week of, but a week before the playoff started, we sat in our, in our uh, respective seats, like we are right now. And we said between Miami Indiana and Philly, which team would you most like the Celtics to face in the first round? We both said Philly and, I mean, not that we were alone, but I mean that that's just how it's playing out. They're just not on the same level. Even again, you can you can take Embiid 
in little spurts, being all NBA, Joel Embiid. He can start the game. He can play the first five minutes as one of the top three players in the NBA. You just wait for him to tire out, right? Right. And uh, and, and this is go, not even you go to work on everyone else. And when I mean, I know the conditioning thing of Embiid has been brought up a ton before for good reason. <laughs> for good reason. But like now, it's it's beyond just like oh, he's working. No, like this is, and I guess it's hard to blame him entirely when. The Celtics are sending two or three guys at him every single possession and being very smart about it. Um, but it, I think the the biggest thing Philly needs to do potentially here is just maybe find a coach that like can put a scare in him or just that and be respects enough to get him in the the shape he needs to get. Or do you think he just can't the shape he needs to get into as a big man playing forty minutes a night of playoff basketball just isn't going to be attainable for him with his you know fitness level. Well, which, is, I, which is possible. Certainly not attainable the rest of this series, right? Unless he's oh, yeah. save, him saving himself for game three. But um, listen, I, I think we've heard and I've heard this uh, over the course of the year that really that Elton Brand is the only one in the whole organization that, that Embiid really respects. So who, yeah. Or at least who can hold him accountable. Right. Certainly not certainly not Brent Brown. Uh, guy can't even keep a shirt tucked in. Um, <laughs> shout out to Pina. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's a problem. I think it's been a problem since he's got here, since he was it last year in the playoffs. Didn't he send his, his, his coach a text at like 12 o'clock before a game saying he had a tummy ache or something? I, I just think you've got to. And, and this is another benefit of when you have an organization like the like the Celtics, right? Airtight hierarchy. Everyone, everyone respects everyone. Everyone's on the same page. Philly's a mess. And when you have a player like Embiid who you've let kind of where you haven't really reeled him in the way you need to from the start and get him committed to to the whole you know to the plan you're going to be dealing with 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 what they are and if if it can be fixed it's certainly not going to be fixed before they all go back to philly or to to wherever they're going to go once they're free of the bubble no no question that that that, that's certainly a a big picture i mean forget the the salary issues they have long term even their biggest issue now is you, you need to find someone that Embiid respects, or at least respects enough to, um, or fears, yeah, or fear, fear exactly, respect, fear, however, fear, however respect. You want to cut it, exactly. Like respect's probably preferable, um, <laughs> or both. You make us but, both, right? Yeah, right. Um, fear. Exactly, but um, yeah, I mean, it, we'll we'll talk more about the Sixers later. For yeah, I for got this, a question for you. First, yeah, you, where, where where you want to go next? You have the Celtics bench hitting eight three pointers, or you have the Celtics as as a team committing six turnovers. The entire game. Which which one do you want to hit? And it was, oh, that is, I want to hit the three-pointers. Because I think for, for as impressive as six turnovers are. You'd fit it on the Celtics bench then. Yeah. Hitting, hitting it's, three-pointers. It is. And, I mean, the Wanamaker play is no surprise to me, so we're not going to harp too much there. <laughs> um, and I, I'm actually not, like, totally kidding when I say that. <laughs> so let's start uh, with, the, with the biggest surprise, which is Ennis Cantor. Uh, regardless of how, <laughs> of how wide open he may have been, that was a game changer because oh, you, yeah. had, you had Tice in the first quarter. Who, I mean, at some point he's going to have to just shoot, right? It's it's tough. We're literally there letting him sit wide open at the at the foul line. He's still got, not going to shoot it. But Cantor was in a situation where he had an open shot. There's never a situation where you feel good about it. He shot it and went in, and it was it, that that got thing, the things rolling for the for the bench. It really did, and I don't give Cantor that was probably the best defensive game Cantor has played as a Celtic um it was which is to say it was average defense but that's for him in that yeah that that's huge for the Celtics since 
you know, he clearly was having his minutes jerked around um, late with the emergence of Rob Williams, who uh, has disappeared down the depth chart quickly for obvious reasons here. Uh, well, but have Cantor, to hit on those, you have to hit on those obvious reasons because I, oh, I, I missed him in game two. But keep going with Cantor. But, yeah, I mean, the, I think one of the options is Cantor played really well and is clearly a better matchup with Embiid, like, bodying him right now, making him work, making him fight for rebounds, which really, I think, tires him out. Uh, just having to box him in out um, every time down the floor defensively for Embiid. And, but Cantor was solid. He didn't, like, he fouled a little bit, but went straight up a couple times and got the likes of Richardson and Harris to miss down low. And he just, he is what he is. And when he's hitting shots like he is down low there, like, that's it, just, it's, it's, it takes the life away from a team like the Sixers there when you give up the easy points to him down there off the offensive rebounds because he's going to overpower anyone who's down there who's not in beat. Yeah, but say personally, I think that when Embiid starts to get tired, like which is most of the game at this point, I feel like you know what's better for him is or what's easier for him, just sort of like slugging it out with like a rope a dope guy like like Cantor down low or having to chase Rob Williams up and down the court. And here's the day we talk about like fighting for rebounds, like. You know, when Embiid's at a point where he can't even really jump anymore, that's when I think Williams Williams is at his best. But so, what do you think? Is he? And who who knows? Because I don't think anyone expected him to to get benched the way uh, Time Lord did in Game Two. But do you think that until until there's some sort of change, until maybe you know it's halftime and the Sixers and the Sixers are up, like until then, is is Williams just out of the rotation again? I think so because I think Grant Williams is playing that well, where that is. If you look, you know, Rob Williams had some chances against Embiid in game one, but generally that was a canter matchup. And then Rob Williams was against Horford when he was at the the, the five. Um, but Grant Williams played so well in that two minutes in game one. And I want to give Brad Stevens credit here. Like, he did not waste time. And this has been, I think, a flaw of Stevens in past postseasons is he takes, he waits a little bit too long to make that adjustment. And sometimes the damage is already done in, over the course of a game um, or a couple games. This time it was like, okay, Grant Williams, he's ready to go here. And you could tell in those two minutes that there was no postseason adjustment period that Rob Williams was going through. And lo and behold, he rolls him out for big minutes in game two. And it comes out looking like, you know, as good as you could ever hope for in terms of how he played. Yeah, nine point six rebounds. I also I like the four foul, the four fouls too. I like sure. that while he's out there, he's mixing it up. He's he's making himself felt. Um, it's it's strong. And then you know we I guess so. What what was the bench? Uh, I know they hit eight three pointers. Did they did they miss? Javante Javante missed one. Time Lord missed the three. I mean they but, missed one when it mattered. That's yeah, sure. but R- Brad uh, Wanamaker, Romeo, Cantor, uh, Grant Williams, and Shemi or combined uh, six of six, which, 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 and again, not all of them came when the game was really in question, but you know, one of the overlooked points of this game, and you can do that when you're winning the way the Celtics did, uh, is that smart Jalen and Kemba were combined four twenty. Right. I mean, how many games you lose, you lose Gordon Hayward. You're you, you get, you get that trio is four twenty from three point land. And I, I you're not going to expect to win in blowout fashion, but that, I think that goes a little bit to, to uh, to show the difference, I think, right now between the Celtics and Sixers, no question. It's and I kind of compare it to last year's postseason, the Celtics Bucks series, where 
regularly in that series, the Bucks bench would just kick the crap out of the Celtics, even when Giannis was on the, the bench. And you kind of, I mean, Tatum was in the game here with the, the reserves, but um, in that second, that big second quarter run, Rich, but there was one point in the game where the Sixers had probably $95 million worth of town on the floor versus <laughs> maybe 15 or 20 million for the Celtics bench and Tatum. And it didn't matter because the Celtics just were more aggressive. They knew what they were doing more. They were getting out of Tatum's way on offense or taking advantage when, you know, they threw two or three guys at him. And it was, it was exactly probably what the coaching staff envisions. And to me, Rich, this is a huge for the long term for the Celtics too here because you kind of find found a formula here where Tatum is so good right now. You just put four guys around him that know and are willing to play their role, and that's probably going to be enough for you to beat other teams' benches, or at least a dysfunctional one like Philly. Yeah, no, I think that's a I think that's a great point. Uh, let me get this in real quick though. Uh, Bureau of Sports keep coming back. In case you've noticed, and so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball has finally started this summer, is in full swing. There's no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And as sports start to return, BetOnline has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, seven-time NBA champ Robert Ori, Errol Reynolds from Major League Baseball, to get their opinions on what it will be like playing without fans and what they have called the pandemic. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses. Uh, Bet online, your online wagering experts. I'm looking ahead at, at, at Game Three right now. Uh, so I think I think the lines finished at or closed at four and a half in Game Two. Yeah. Uh, right now, it ticked back up to five, which um, that feels low still. To be doesn't honest. it? Doesn't it really? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have been shocked by by, and I guess maybe. Vegas is feeling out how it works now because you know typically this is when you go back to Philly this is where they they get their one game right if it's going to happen but I don't know <laughs> I had I had Sixers and five I was close to changing it to a sweep when we got together earlier this week I yeah. think I, I I don't know I mean certainly if they win game three I have a, I have a hard time believing that Philly's going to have anything left to to put up a fight in game four but I, I'm I'm leading a little bit heavier heavier towards towards a sweep now I just. Again, I, I, nothing's going to change with Embiid. He's not going to get a, a second or third wind. He's not going to improve his stamina over the course of these these twenty four hours right now. Uh, and and again, like you know, Shake Milton had a great game. Uh, they're getting these 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 games from their complementary pieces that typically would would push you over the top. But you know, they're they they keep wasting him. Right? I just don't think they're good enough. No, and to be fair, I mean Tobias Harris and Al Horford probably can't play worse. Than they played in game two, um, but that's not to say that incremental improvement by them is going to be enough. Um, Harris was I, I Harris is so bad. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I like I I kind of spotlighted him for Al Horford's getting so much crap and deservedly so for how he just looks like he's on the back of his stuff. But Harris should be in the prime of his career here, and he is not only taking and missing bunnies can't, you know, back down the likes of Romeo Langford and make him pay for it. But his defense is atrocious. And that really puts him in a huge bind because even with the, even if throwing him a Thibault, you know, into the starting five there, it didn't matter because there was still a mismatch on the floor with, with Jalen or Kemba pretty much every time down on the court, whoever Josh Richardson wasn't guarding. Did you catch Tybalt's plus minus for the game? 
Ugh. Good night for the Celtics uh, front office in the yeah, Grant right. Williams versus Thibel, uh debate. Minus minus thirty in, in twenty four minutes. That's tough to do. Uh, I'm looking at the the updated series price right now for uh, for Celtics Sixers. Any guesses? Like give me minus. The, give, me, give me the, the Sixers odds. The Sixers odds gotta be like plus fifteen hundred. Uh, Eleven fifty mm. min, minus twenty five hundred for. For the Celtics, I guess that I guess that seems about right. Yeah, uh, I have a question for you because I know you talked about Tobias and briefly mentioned Al. Something I was thinking about during the game. Let's let's go, and I think we maybe talked about this at some point over the summer in, in a bigger picture kind of way. But what are the Celtics better or worse right now if Al Horford is is on the team? They're better, right? But like, how much better? Is yeah, it- it's a it's a great question because I was very much of the mind like, oh, this is. Last summer, you guys, you and and Mike were much like, yeah, it sucks to lose out, but they did what they had to do for that price because you can't, you know, you, you As can't did overplay you. Yeah, and Al, <laughs> and Al agreed. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you may, like, push it a little more or even give up stuff in the sign-and-trade situation. I mean, it's been evident for months Al made a mistake from a, just a, you know, how he's going to fit in standpoint um, and going to a team that really – can't afford to play with the fight but as far as him on this Celtics team goes I don't I think he helps he helps very incrementally but the defensive drop-off with him is real and I think that that definitely hurts so it's and I'm at a point where I'm not sure if how much better if at all he is than than someone like Tice defensively right now yeah, and it's funny because I, I I think of maybe like Marcus Gasol because I'm because this ma- this matchup doesn't matter if I'm imagining Al on the on the Celtics against the Sixers is too confusing because he's there, but like you know if you're talking about the next round against Toronto, I could see Al like on this year's team more of like that like a Marcus Gasol kind of guy who's who's playing 20 minutes a game if that and right. who in, who in game two scored zero points, uh you know four two and you know, three fouls over the course of you know 17 minutes that seems like the kind of guy he might be and where he where, where that's what that's his ideal right now if you're a team with Al Horford I mean granted you not not when you're paying him that kind of money but um I don't know I just don't know how much maybe when you get to the finals and you get to the Eastern Conference finals that's where having would make a difference um but it's not a total game changer yeah it really isn't just in the way he's played right now and I guess you just see I wonder how much of this for him is frustration and just being in a role where he just doesn't fit at all in terms of playing the four in an offense with that doesn't have spacing that has a guy in Embiid who is a, a lane clogger and so he can't really facilitate well like he was doing at times in Boston but even still he's just not much of a threat on either end of the floor right now he's he you certainly want him to be your your fourth or fifth guy um, from an offensive standpoint, and the Sixers clearly need him to be more than that, and yeah. he's he's not able to do it. But even then, right? He gets he gets the ball in the post against uh, Romeo Langford, right? And just takes a lazy kind of fadeaway. It's just yeah. I mean, again, it, it, you can it, it's it's hard to put yourself in his shoes right now and for, forget the contract, but just the bubble, just how defeated the Sixers already feel. Just again, what a little bit of like a energy drain it might be playing with Embiid, uh, given Al's situation. 
And again, just in general shittiness of the Sixers, just when Tobias Harris is supposed to be your leader. And I'll tell you, Josh Richardson's really impressed me. He's he's he has he. I knew he was good. I he's he's better than I thought. I think he's definitely been a been a bright point and and can and and has been the closest thing to like a creator that that the Sixers have. Uh, but other than that, man, they're uh, they're gassed. It's it's slim pickings. I agree with you. Richardson has always impressed me. But in a situation like this, he's he's not good enough to go toe to toe with the likes of Tatum and Brown. He can, and especially when he's being asked to do a ton defensively all game. And so, it's a lot of time for Philly. It's four on five when they're on offense right now because Tatum, if you watch closely, or whoever guards Thibel, is pretty much playing free safety for the defense and just floating around because they're Philly's not looking for him on offense that's for sure because you know maybe he can hit a three here there but he can't do anything else with the ball and there just isn't enough rhythm or um flow in the rest of that offense to uh to to throw a dent in this in this other so i mean i don't know what like what what do you switch up what's what's the desperation move if you're philly right now you already moved thibault into the starting five and that worked for a quarter and that was it um like what's what's brett brown's last gasp here you just have Corkmas shoot fifteen threes a game, right? It kind of is. <laughs> Maybe give give Kyle O'Quinn some some run. What's up, Mike? Has Mike Scott even played in this? Is, is he Not meaningful minutes, no. So I wonder. He again, that's another guy who doesn't play defense, but he can shoot the three and get hot from there. So I do wonder with the way. I think the only way you might win a game in the Celtics against the Celtics in the series is if you have to kind of beat him in a shootout setting as opposed to a defensive struggle because you probably don't have the, the defense to hold them down. Uh, Cause that was your moving game too. Yeah. I feel like Scott is like a Morris twin light a little bit. Like he can get things going. Like maybe you get, you, you give him a chance. Like, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, like they, 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 they certainly don't care about that too much about the current trends in the NBA and, and what it takes to win a game. Like when they're shooting three pointers at the rate that they are and, already when they're when they're disadvantaged like you would think that would be the way that you maybe make up some of the difference but that's just not the way they want to play not the way that they're construct constructed and uh yeah i mean again it's just just another reason that we have no reason to change our predictions coming into the series like it really just feels just just feels like this was the ideal first round matchup given the the circumstances and and the celtics even with the gordon injury are making the best of it yeah it's they're a team that looks like going in, they do not handle adversity well, just like the Celtics last year. And it was Al's very such a leader. Al's such a leader. <laughs> I don't want to take. I mean, but he shouldn't be a leader on this team. He is like Embiid, or um, I guess you know Simmons was supposed to be that guy, but it's just we. It's clear that I wasn't that guy based on how things went in Boston, and that's not knocking him but he that shouldn't be you know the veteran leadership shouldn't really be priced into the deal and the philly did that there i do want to bring up a a, a great tweet i saw though rich uh from michael connor um i want to run down the uh the roster the sixers could have had if they didn't trade uh mikhail bridges on draft night in 2018 for zaire smith and okay. just like kind of kept their core together instead of shaking things up. Um, Embiid, Simmons, J.J. Redick, 
Covington, Shamit, Sarge, uh, Rashawn Holmes, Fultz, uh, Lualo, Cabaret, I forget, TLC. Yeah, I don't even know if I am Cork Moss, Shake Milton, and um, about $20 million in, in cap space. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the, the Simmons and Bede match, matchup is still awkward, but uh, that is a team that's that's built for 2020. That's a team that, right? Like, that's <laughs> you got three-point shooters. Um, not just those three-point shooters. You have three three-point shooter. You have multiple shooters. You got some youth. You got some length. You got some athleticism. That's a that's a that's a really scary squad. You know who I also realized that the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics are really happy isn't in the series for Philly. Who's that? McConnell. TJ yeah. McConnell was maybe the third best player in that series two years ago, <laughs> and just was a complete pest in terms of wreaking havoc on offense. And they just have. Philly has no decent point guard options. Like Rao Neto got some minutes in the second quarter, and Brad Wanamaker just wiped the floor off him. So it's yeah, I, and I know Pina brought up Trey Burke uh, last episode as a guy that oh, yeah. was literally with with Philly last year, but he's kicking ass in, in Dallas right now. I mean, he's, I he's doing exactly what they would what they would need him to do. Did they just cut him straight up? I'm not During sure. Season? I'm not, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, he's bounced around so much, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, and Grant, you know they're down. Glenn Robinson too. I don't know if is is, is there any chance of him coming back in the series? I think he was out seven to ten days as of um, the weekend. So I assume no, because I don't think the series is going to go that long. To be uh, honest, let's let before we start to wrap it up, let's give a little love to to Kemba Walker. Uh, his first twenty point game since when was it? Since like early February. Yeah. Um. There's no like his second half. Ridge, like for as good as the bench was in the first half, like he turned that game into a true route with the way he played in the second half. Yeah, and in a game right where he's where he's one of six from three, so the the long ball is not going, still finds a way to dominate stretches of the game and be the guy who steps up with Gordon out right because that's what we said. Like you you have we're at the point. I heard the uh, the Nets broadcaster say about. Karis Levert, uh, forget if it was during game one or game two against Toronto. He said, Karis Levert is no longer just playing well. He's really, really good, right? This isn't a phase. And I think we can say the same about Tatum and Brown and Jalen right now. It's not merely a phase. This isn't a glimpse of what they could be. It seems like pretty much every night now, Jalen and Jason are going to be the guys the Celtics need. But with Gordon down and, and Kemba still not 100%, you're, looking, you're going to need more guys to step up. And if Kemba can do it, you know, more often than not, like he's used to in Charlotte, and certainly he did for the first uh, few months before the knee started affecting him in Boston, you know, that that's such a game changer for the Celtics. That's that they, they really need him. What do you think is his um... – what is he going to look like against the Raptors? Like, is he going to be able to have his way with Lowry or Van Fleet in that series? Or is that a series that the Celtics are just going to have to rely on Tatum and Brown to to carry them through? Yeah, and again, he doesn't... And, that's, and the, the good thing about having those two other guys is that, you know, Kemba doesn't need to necessarily have his way with them the entire game. Like, he doesn't need to have his way with them at all. Like, there are just going to be some spots where he's going to have to hit a shot. And, and you know, so there's, you know, the smaller sample size and, uh, you know, he's going to have fewer chances to, to do what he can do. But when those chances come, he's just going to have to be ready. And uh, and that's tough. I mean, that's a tough backcourt, those two guys, especially, you know, as a 
as an undersized sort of let's say a little bit weaker maybe physically guard in uh, in Kemba Walker uh, when you're going against two sturdy dudes like like Lowry and Van Vliet but um I don't know I, I I'm 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 optimistic I am I think I think that I mean the Toronto is just a really hard matchup but Kemba's whole career has been around big games and, and big moments when he when he is in that position and uh I don't know let's give him the benefit of the doubt yeah it's gonna and he should be someone his speed is back and you know for everyone who's saying Philly needs to change up their scheme and you know have MB attack the pick and roll more like I mean good luck like trying to <laughs> keep keep Kemba from turning the corner in those situations so especially when he's already got to have his knee his hands on his knees and sucking wind like having him chase more and be more active on defense doesn't seem like the like the winning uh recipe for for philly but yeah like i guess they gotta change something up yeah so you you're sticking with five here for a game yeah i'm, I'm even a little bit closer to saying four like <laughs> maybe if it, if it goes three oh i told you i'll officially change but uh for now i'm gonna stick with uh, no fuck it I'm, I'm changing it i'm gonna go sweep i just Ooh. i don't see the sixers winning a game I can't I mean, see it. I, even a steal. I don't even know. The steal happens when you're at home and you get that little like jolt of energy to to make you believe that maybe you can you can take it if you just win this one and the next one at home. But like, you know, they they say that what the, the Duck River used to love to say: the series starts when uh, when the home team loses a game, right? Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. I, I I think that that the home when there's no away team, I don't know. I just think on the neutral court, it's it's just over. The advantage of having the home home uh, having your home court coming is such a game changer and it's gone i just don't think the sixers have it in them so sweep i'm in <laughs> i mean it is maybe it's an overlooked factor just heading to the series of just how bad philly has been away from home all year and while it's not a true road game it's it's also not a home game and so they are one of the worst away from home teams in the league all year for even out of uh non-playoff teams and so- I was gonna say over at BetOnline.ag, we're 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 gonna uh, we're gonna take the Celtics minus five. All right, does that sound good? I mean, that's I'm not gonna quibble with you on that, but um, <laughs> what? Oh, I have to. You have to take a victory lap on the the Lakers before you're, they uh, they win the series four to one. No, I'm 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 not gonna. I, we're, we're close enough now that I'm just gonna let it go for for a little bit. I'll I'll take the vic- victory lap when it's over. I don't need to be like Charles Barkley running around with my broom quite yet, but uh, I, I just do. I feel good. Yes, I feel great <laughs> for all the harassment that I took from you guys, and I hate. And I've, I forget we got to mention this next time. Pina is actually on the pod. Yeah. Is that I, I hate that he's become one of the leaders in this. This Portland's gonna. The Lakers are gonna be upset trend. When he. Oh, is he really? Oh, I, I don't know. If he is. I, I just. I've just seen him tweet. <laughs> I've just seen him tweet a few times about his prediction was that Portland in six. And granted, hey, I did say that the that the Lakers weren't even going to make the playoffs this year. Like that was my super hot take. Right. But I think we can see now that had they been a little bit more unfortunate with in the health situation uh, earlier earlier in the year, that maybe it would have it would have been so ridiculous. Maybe it was still ridiculous. But I knew that the Lakers weren't as weren't as good as everyone was making them out to be, in. and I've been proven being proven correct gonna need ronald to save him hey that's that's the one uh he, one he could uh, he, he could uh, he could change the series a little bit i don't i don't think it's gonna make a difference in them winning a title but in this series if rondo comes back and has not you know we don't need vintage rondo but rondo but 
Rondo-like tendencies, he could change the series a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the Lake. The if it's Houston OKC in the four or five, correct? So Houston has got to be looking at his chops right now, looking at um, this Lakers team, knowing that they just can outscore them because even their defense isn't as bad as Portland's, <laughs> and and Portland is holding them to uh, was first game freaking ninety three points, unbelievable, but. Yeah, that's going to be the West playoffs. Really fun to watch. Like I, I like we talked about before, just very unpredictable. Uh, setting up to be very unpredictable, and the first couple games of the series have really lined it up where we could have um, just a complete uh, great matchup here between um, some surprising teams in round two and three. Cool. All right. Let's. Uh, so maybe we'll we'll, we'll check in posts so so we got we got game three on friday so game four is on sunday that's how we're doing it every other day yep so we'll be back we'll hit you guys up either sunday night or monday yeah um, that sounds good we're after with the uh you know it's probably even odds whether we have a series still going after sunday but um i was gonna say gun, gun to your head right now are we are we talking about the raptors or are we talking about when the celtics are gonna finish <laughs> we'll, we'll finish off the sixers i think we're i think there'll be a game five Okay. Um, if I had to make a bet, but um, that's because I just want to protect my subtle and six uh, <laughs> original prediction. So self-preservation, uh, nice. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah. So hit us up at Wing Plays Pod at Rich underscore Levine at Brian T Rob. Um, check. Uh, I got some a lot of stuff up at BossSportsShow.com. Oh, we didn't even talk about, and we'll be able to react to uh, the NBA draft lottery. Um, Ooh, yeah. On Sunday as well. Whether the Celtics. Highly likely the Celtics will be having the number 14 overall pick, but by some crazy luck, they could be looking at an unprotected Memphis pick next year too. Cool. Stay tuned for that.